Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm going to tell you how I, the ugliest guy ever, turned the two hottest girls of my school into my girlfriends. It all started in 11th grade when I couldn't focus in class because the girls were too hot. I think they competed for who could wear the least clothes without being expelled from school. But unfortunately, I was both poor and ugly. My nickname was Mr. Maggot and girls were disgusted by my acne. I absolutely hated life until our school switched to an online grading system. It took me less than four hours to bypass the firewall and gain administrator access to it. Suddenly, I could change the grades of anyone in our school, so I decided to give Rocco four Ds on his report card. You see, Rocco was a big bully, and one time I saw him telling his girlfriend, I don't care what plans you had, you will sleep in my house tonight. Ironically, one week later, it came out that he had cheated on her with another girl, and they broke up. Anyway, one day I saw Molly, the hottest girl at our school, crying on the floor because she had failed her exam. I knew I could rescue her and said, Hey, do you want straight A's on your report card? Of course. I'd do anything for good grades. I pulled out my laptop and showed her that I had full access to the school's online grading system. Oh my god, that's so cool! I always knew you were smart. And thank you so much for helping me out. You were such a nice guy. Well, I didn't say I'd do it for free. Oh, so what do you want in return? Oh, I had many things in mind. But I was too shy to tell her the truth. That I wanted her. You see, some guys are funny, some guys are confident, and I am the guy that gets you good grades. I had a lot to offer. What if I pay you $100 each month? I don't want money, but I will send you my address on Facebook. My parents aren't home tonight, so you can come by anytime. I am looking for something serious. I turned around and left, wondering if I had just made the biggest mistake of my life. 
What if she told everyone that I, the ugliest guy in our school, had asked her out on a date? Oh, I knew everyone would make fun of me for the rest of high school. But right at 8 o'clock in the evening, Molly came to my house dressed in a super hot outfit. Hey, do you like the way I look? I hope so, because I spent three hours on makeup just for you. Wow, this was the first time a girl had ever flirted with me. We decided to watch a movie together, and Molly made me put my arm around her. Have you ever kissed a girl? Before I could respond, she already went ahead and put her lips on mine. It was absolutely awesome! However, the next day in school, Molly acted like I didn't exist. Was she too embarrassed to show herself with me? I didn't like it, and pulled her to the side, saying, Let's make our relationship official. Oh, please don't. People wouldn't understand why I'm dating you. They all think you are weird. Right, but that will change once they know I'm dating you. Everyone will think I'm cool. Oh, but you shouldn't care about what others think of you. Exactly. From now on, I do whatever I want. And right now, I want everyone to know that we are a couple. So the next day, we came into the classroom holding hands and everyone was shocked, especially Rocco. He even asked Molly, Why would you be with him? Is he extorting you? No, I think he's smart and funny. That's why I love him so much. Oh, it felt so good to see Rocco get mad. His small brain couldn't process that Molly was more interested in me than him. He came over and grabbed me by the scruff of the neck, saying, If I find out you were forcing Molly to date you, then I'm going to end your pathetic life. Ha! Are you jealous? What? No, I just care about Molly's well-being. Don't lie. You cheated on your ex-girlfriend. You treat women like trash. He took my pencil case and threw it across the room, but I didn't mind. I knew I had won this round and pulled Molly on my lap to kiss her. I just couldn't resist showing her off and provoking Rocco. But that was a mistake. Afterward, he told everyone in school that he wanted to beat me up, which meant I constantly had to hide from him. I felt like a complete loser again. Well, at least until Molly told me. I've spoke to Rocco's girlfriend, Miranda, today. I asked her if she would dump him and date you instead if you got her straight A's on her report card. And she said yes. What? Was my girlfriend organizing me a second girlfriend? It felt like a dream come true. And the next day, Miranda came over to my home asking, So you can get me straight A's? Sure, and afterward you can get into any college you want. Miranda was gorgeous, and I could tell that she was actually attracted to me. I think it's because girls like powerful men, and I had lots of power over her grades. I gently pulled her in for a kiss, and she absolutely loved it. But then I had to interrupt her, saying, Did you already break up with Rocco? No, not yet. I'm too afraid that he gets angry at me. I told her to give me her phone. Then I took a selfie of us two kissing with our tongues touching and sent it to him. This was the perfect revenge for everything he had ever done to me. He responded with some verbal threats I can't repeat here on YouTube. But that wasn't all. Molly joined us, and I took a group photo of them two kissing me on my cheeks. I uploaded it to Insta and knew that this photo would turn me into the coolest guy at our school. But aren't you scared of Rocco? He will kick your ass for stealing his girlfriend. But I didn't care. I had more important things to focus on. And when I got back to school, 
all the guys wanted to know how I had gotten two girlfriends at the same time. Some of the cool guys even let me join their clique and promised to protect me against Rocco. But I gave Rocco two Fs on his report card anyway, so he failed the year and had to change schools. Meanwhile, Molly and Miranda got straight A's. They stayed my girlfriends until the end of high school. Afterward, Miranda moved to a different city, but Molly and I are still a couple today. I mean, I'm not the hottest guy, but I know I'll get a good job after college and take good care of her. I guess she's pretty lucky to have me as her boyfriend. My name is Alexei, and I come from a family of Russian oligarchs. Wealth has always been a part of my life, but I never really felt like I belonged in that world. I remember the time my father offered me a pet tiger for my birthday. Even then, I knew it wasn't for me. So, I decided to leave that life behind and go undercover, blending into society as a poor man. I found a modest apartment in the city and landed a job at a company that, unbeknownst to everyone, was actually owned by my family. I kept my true identity shrouded in secrecy, a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. I worked under David, my boss, who constantly disrespected me. Every slight he threw my way only fueled my determination to keep my secret, biding my time for the perfect moment to reveal the truth. Little did he know who he was truly dealing with or the sheer magnitude of the surprise that awaited him. One day, David decided to berate me in front of everyone. Alexei, your incompetence never ceases to amaze me. Do you have any idea how much your mistakes cost this company? I rolled my eyes, deciding to clap back with some wit. You know, David, they say great leaders inspire greatness in others, but all you seem to inspire is a headache. David's face turned red with anger. You insolent little, watch your tongue, or you'll be out of a job before you can say unemployment. I smirked, feeling the suspense build up. Well, if I'm so terrible at my job, David, why don't you tell me exactly how to improve? Or is it that you're too busy driving that shiny Lambo of yours to bother with us lowly employees? He clenched his jaw, struggling to find a retort. You! You just wait! Alexei! One of these days you'll learn the hard way that you can't talk to your superior like that! Oh, I can't wait for that day, David. I replied with a grin, fully aware of the dramatic irony in our conversation. Little did he know that the power dynamic would soon shift in my favor. David's face turned red, but before he could respond, Natasha walked into the room. As Natasha, a breathtaking woman exuding sophistication, sauntered into the office, her presence was like a magnet, instantly grabbing my attention. I found myself captivated by her beauty, yet I couldn't shake the underlying feeling of arrogance and materialism that clung to her aura. It was a dangerous combination, but the enigma that surrounded her had me hopelessly intrigued, ensnaring me in a web of suspense and attraction. As she walked by my desk, I gathered my courage and decided to strike up a conversation. Excuse me, I said, trying to sound as suave as possible. I don't think we've met before. I'm Alexi. She arched an eyebrow and looked me up and down, her gaze assessing me like a priceless artifact. Natasha, she replied with a cool, detached tone. So, Alexei, what brings you to this mundane world of nine-to-fine drudgery? I grinned, embracing the challenge her question presented. Ah, well, Natasha, 
Sometimes you have to experience the ordinary to truly appreciate the extraordinary, don't you think? She smirked, clearly intrigued by my response. Interesting perspective. You're not like the others here, are you, Alexei? I leaned in, lowering my voice to a conspirational whisper. Maybe I'm not, Natasha, but that's for you to discover, isn't it? As our conversation continued, the electricity between us was palpable, making the air around us crackle with anticipation. The meeting of our two worlds promised an adventure neither of us could have ever imagined. Over the next few months, Natasha and I grew closer, and I slowly fell in love with her, despite her materialistic tendencies. One day, I decided to take a leap of faith and propose to her with my grandmother's ring, an exquisite piece worth millions of dollars. As I got down on one knee, I presented the ring to Natasha, whose eyes widened in disbelief. Alexei, is this some kind of joke? She scoffed, inspecting the ring with a look of disgust. This looks so cheap. How could you think I'd accept such a pathetic proposal? I was taken aback by her reaction, my heart sinking with disappointment. I tried to speak up, but she cut me off. You're nothing, Alexei. You can't give me the life I deserve. And now that I think about it, I'm leaving you. For David, the words hit me like a ton of bricks. David, my arrogant, condescending boss. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. But before I could process the situation, Natasha tossed the precious ring away. A cruel dismissal of our love. Crushed and betrayed, I knew it was time to return to my true identity and give Natasha the taste of the high life she so desperately craved. I sought solace in my family's luxurious yacht, moored in the city's marina. The next day, as I was leaving the yacht with a group of influential business people, I spotted Natasha and David approaching in his Lamborghini. The sight of me surrounded by wealth and power instantly piqued Natasha's interest, and she rushed over, interrupting our conversation. Alexei, I had no idea you were, well, who you really are, she stammered, her eyes wide with shock and regret. I was so wrong about you. Could you ever forgive me? I smirked, feeling the suspense of the moment. Oh, I'll take you back, Natasha but be prepared for the wildest ride of your life. And so began my plan to teach Natasha a lesson about valuing people for who they are, not their wealth. Little did she know the roller coaster of emotions and experiences that awaited her. Every single day, I planned a new, over-the-top event, immersing her in the madness of wealth and excess. Our first stop was a lavish gala held in a beautiful mansion, the event dripping with opulence. As we walked around through the grand entrance, Natasha's eyes sparkled, taking in the breathtaking surroundings. I never knew such a world existed, Alexei, she admitted, awestruck. I smirked, already sensing her discomfort. Oh, Natasha, this is only the beginning, I teased, leading her to the dance floor where we waltzed the night away. As the days went by, the extravagance only increased. From exclusive fashion shows to attending private concerts with world-famous musicians, I was determined to push Natasha to her limits. She began to struggle with the constant onslaught of luxurious experiences, the superficiality of it all becoming more evident. With every passing day, the pressure mounted. Natasha's eyes widened as she attended yet another opulent event or boarded another private jet. Alexei, I feel so out of place here. 
she whispered, her voice wavering. I leaned in, my voice low and deliberate. But, Natasha, isn't this the life you always wanted? Surrounded by wealth and luxury, day by day, I could see her growing more and more exhausted with the constant whirlwind of extravagance. The constant barrage of luxury was taking its toll on her, pushing her to the breaking point. Finally, one night as we stood on the deck of my family's yacht, I could see that Natasha had reached her limit. The once alluring world of the ultra-rich had become a suffocating, hollow existence, and she could no longer bear it. As her eyes filled with tears, I revealed the truth about the ring she had so carelessly discarded. That ring, Natasha, was worth millions. Your inability to see its true value only proves how blinded you were by wealth and status. Natasha's voice trembled as she spoke. I'm so sorry, Alexei. I didn't know. I didn't understand. I sighed, the suspense hanging heavy in the air, knowing that the time had come to confront her. Natasha, do you realize why I did all of this? I asked, my voice laced with emotion. She looked at me, her eyes filled with confusion. What do you mean, Alexei? I took a deep breath, ready to reveal the truth. I wanted to teach you the importance of valuing people for who they are, not their wealth. All the luxuries, the extravagance, it was all a lesson. A tense silence settled between us as the reality of my words sank in. Slowly, Natasha began to understand the lesson I had been trying to teach her. She finally saw the superficiality of the ultra-wealthy lifestyle and how it had distorted her priorities. Tears welled up in her eyes as she reached for my hand. Alexei, I, I never realized how wrong I was. I can't believe you went through all of this just to teach me a lesson. I nodded, my eyes locked on hers. I did it because I love you, Natasha and I believe you can change. As Natasha's perspective shifted over time, she began to appreciate the simpler things in life, cherishing the love and personal growth that came with it. Together, we realized that wealth and status were not the keys to happiness, and we decided to leave that world behind. But life had other plans. Enter Anastasia, the daughter of another wealthy family, who was determined to win my heart. She constantly tried to impress me with her lavish lifestyle and endless resources, attempting to lure me back into the world I had left behind. The tension between Natasha and Anastasia grew as they both competed for my affection. One evening, at a charity event, the rivalry between them reached its climax. Anastasia approached me, her eyes glittering with determination. Alexei, you belong in our world not with someone like Natasha. She'll never understand you like I do. I raised an eyebrow, intrigued by her audacity. Really, Anastasia, and what makes you think you understand me so well? But before I could get a response, Natasha stepped forward, her face a mix of anger and hurt. Alexei doesn't need your world, Anastasia. He's seen the emptiness it brings, and so have I. Anastasia scoffed, her eyes narrowing. You're just afraid of losing him, Natasha. But you can't compete with me. I can give him everything you can't. Natasha stood her ground, her eyes locked on Anastasia. It's not about what you can give him. It's about who you are. Alexei isn't swayed by material things anymore. The air was thick with suspense as I looked between the two women. Knowing I had to make a choice, I took Natasha's hand, 
Facing Anastasia with a resolute expression. Anastasia, your world has nothing to offer me. Natasha and I have found happiness in each other, not in material possessions. Anastasia's face fell, and she stormed off, leaving us alone. Natasha looked up at me, her eyes filled with gratitude and love. Thank you, Alexei. I'm so glad we've learned the true value of life together. As the weeks went by, Natasha and I continued to grow closer, embracing our new life together. One day, while we were packing our belongings to move to a more modest home, Natasha stumbled upon something that took her breath away. The ring she had once thrown away in a fit of arrogance and misunderstanding. Her eyes welled with tears as she picked up the exquisite piece, now understanding its true value. Alexei, she whispered, her voice filled with emotion. I found the ring, the one you proposed with. I can't believe it's been here all along. I walked over, a tender smile on my face, and took the ring from her trembling hand. It's never too late, Natasha, I said softly, taking her hand in mine. Will you marry me? Not for the wealth or the status, but for the love we found together. Natasha nodded, tears streaming down her cheeks. Yes, Alexei, yes, I will. I gently slid the ring onto her finger, and we embraced, our hearts overflowing with love and gratitude. Together, we faced our future with renewed determination, ready to leave behind the world of wealth and embrace the true, authentic life that awaited us. Hand in hand, we walked away from our past, ready to embark on a new journey. Our story, full of suspense and twists, came to a close with a powerful message about the importance of humility, love, and personal growth. Lessons we would carry with us for the rest of our lives. I hate it when people tell me I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Especially when they don't know how awful my parents were to me. My name is Koda. And from the very start of my life, they made it their mission to make me feel like my birth didn't matter. I never had a birthday. Never celebrated one. Because they never told me when I was born and how old I was. The one thing they did for me was giving me a king's education. I had the best tutors in the world. The most private education. I had teachers and professors give me private classes in my own home. I was isolated from the world. But I also became a genius. But even though my mind was sharp as a needle, I gravitated towards the arts. I was a creative at heart. And the one thing I loved doing the most was singing. By age six, I was already singing classical pieces that even grown adults found intimidating to perform. And I did it all in the privacy of our attic. My most profound talent became my biggest secret. Because if my parents found out, I knew they would do all they could to stop me from singing. I used my intelligence to study music on my own. And whenever my parents would go on holidays, I would sneak music teachers into our house. And I would have them teach me everything they knew. The best voice coaches in the world came to teach me in secret. I was always alone. Not going to regular schools like everybody else made me lonely. I didn't have the chance to meet friends. And that sadness, I channeled it all into music. One day, while I was doing my vocal warm-ups, my mom heard me. She dragged me to my dad without a word. Then... She told on me. Your son has been singing. Singing? What are you, some commoner? We hire people for entertainment, boy. We're not the ones who step so low as to be the entertainment. 
You will stop this nonsense now, or you will be cut off of the will. I suggest you focus your efforts on becoming the best businessman you can be. After all, you will have to run the company when we retire. I had no choice. No one to turn to. I grew up shy and socially awkward. And I was weak. I did everything my parents told me to because I never had the guts to fight back. I stopped singing for a while, but when I was really down, I would still do it. It was the only thing that cheered me up. It was on the day that our mansion was being renovated that I met her. The noise from the workers was so loud that I decided to put my earbuds on to drown them out. But without noticing, I had started singing along at the top of my lungs. Suddenly, my mom slapped me. Shut that mouth of yours! Can't you hear we have company? Butler, get the door! And when the doors opened, I saw the most beautiful girl I had ever seen. She flipped her hair and said hello to my parents. I'm so sorry. I was walking my dog down the street when I heard the most beautiful voice coming from your house. May I ask who was singing? No one! No one here sings! How dare you accuse us of doing such disgusting things! Oh, uh, it's just... I'm also a singer, and... Uh, perhaps it was your son. Nonsense! Butler, get this trespasser off my property! I was 16 when I finally found out my real birthday. I bribed one of the doctors who was working in the hospital I was born at. So I wanted to throw a party. And I wanted to celebrate it by sharing the songs I wrote to the world. I was ready to show the world who I really was. But then, my parents shut down my plans, saying I was not worthy of celebrating my own birthday. They told me that only when I ascended through our company and became worthy of being CEO will I be able to do whatever I wanted for my special day. I was so depressed I ran out of the house and got lost in the maze in the garden. It was then that I heard a beautiful voice like a mermaid's. And like a sailor lost at sea, I followed the siren's call. Until, I emerged from the maze and saw her on the other side of our walls, singing as she played her guitar. Hey, I was waiting for you. you you're that girl. From before. Yeah, and I've come back for you. Your parents stifle your true talent. You should come with me. She climbed up the wall and offered me her hand to take. And I was in love at first sight. She was offering me freedom. And I took it. I ran away with Ari after she learned what a bad life I had. She hid me in a recording company studio so that my parents wouldn't be able to find me. That was when I found out that Ari was a rich recording artist. Ari fed me, clothed me, hid me, and hired bodyguards for me. I felt really safe going out after that, knowing that my parents could never take me back by force. I worked at the studios, writing and recording late at night when nobody was there. I wrote lots of amazing songs, and after six months of living there, I was able to complete an entire album that I knew would be a hit. Only one day, I woke up and all my work was gone. I panicked. I ran around the whole place, and then, while I was rummaging around the trash in case someone had thrown my stuff away, I heard something coming from the music producers. It was my song, and Ari and her producer were laughing and toasting something. You... you stole my songs! <laughs> what 
did you think? You were just gonna live on my dime for free? It's just business, kid. Just how the industry works. Luckily, your voice sounds a bit like a girl's and close enough to Ari's, so we can sell all your work as if she's the one who wrote and sang them. I... I'll get you for this. Not before I get my money's worth first. Ari and her producer locked me up in one of the studios, and they locked me in there with four bodyguards. I was in there for three days, and I didn't know what to do. Until I got a brilliant idea. I pretended to see my parents outside. I acted my heart out. Help! You have to stop them, or they'll try to steal me! And the bodyguards believed me. They ran out of the room to chase after what they thought were my parents. What they didn't know was that because I spent all my time in the studios, I knew exactly what the layout of the building was. It took no more than two seconds to get up onto the vents. I crawled quietly, and then, as I heard the commotion of them looking for me, I dropped out of the alleyway. I ran away for the second time in my life. But this time, I didn't feel free. I just felt like a massive loser for letting the girl I loved steal my life's work. I lived in the streets for weeks. My only comfort was my new friend, Sam. She was homeless too, and she helped me a lot. I didn't know how to survive, so I'd bust in the sidewalks, the parks, and the train subway stations. My talent was finally working for me. I earned a bunch of money. I saved it all up, thinking I could maybe get enough to be able to rent a small room until I got back on my feet. But one morning, as I woke up in the park bench that Sam and I slept on, I saw that everything I owned had been stolen. Even Sam's stuff was gone too. I was left with nothing but the jacket I had on. I was so mad that I got stolen from again, and it reminded me of Ari, that I threw the jacket she bought me on the day she helped me escape my parents' house. But as I fell to the ground, I noticed a piece of paper sticking out from the secret pocket. I opened it up and saw that it was an old song I wrote. It was the birthday song I wrote when I was depressed on my 16th birthday. It was the last remaining song that Ari wasn't able to steal. I was about to cry. Instead, I stood up and stood on a small stage. I sang that song with all my heart, even when tears began flowing down my cheeks. For the first time in a very long time, I put all my emotions into my music. Then one person came to watch. Then two. And then suddenly there was a crowd around me. People were taking videos, many of them were crying too. I got so many tips that day. But more than that, I felt so happy that my music was able to reach people. My song about my life touched people's emotions. I was so proud. The next morning, I was woken by a guy in a suit. He was a reporter, and behind him were ten more reporters from all the different networks. I had gone viral. I was on TikTok, YouTube. Every single social media was blowing up with my singing. I gave interviews, and in them, I told everyone of my story and how Ari stole my songs. Her career and the producer's career was over after that. I got signed by a pretty big recording company. I went on tour, and then I married Sam. I rescued her from the streets and took her wherever my tours took me. One day, during my anniversary concert, I saw my parents in the crowd far away. It was my birthday, and people were singing happy birthday for me. My parents hated that. I could see it in their faces. But having that happen while they were in the crowd was so satisfying, because they always made me feel like my birth never mattered. But now, 
Thousands of people were celebrating my existence. I thanked my fans. I kissed my wife. And then I jumped into the crowd as I smiled in triumph. Do you believe in fate? Well, I never did. I'm a 21-year-old college student studying finance and banking. So, yeah, numbers are my forte. Therefore, I'm a logical thinker. Horoscopes and chance meetings? As if. But then I met someone who changed it all. I'm Kai, by the way, and let me tell you my story. It all started one evening while studying. I got a serious craving for some Cheetos, so I went out to get some. That's when I saw a petite girl shouting at two huge guys in the park. Hey, Bigfoot, did you really just litter? Pick it up now or I'll give you a good going over. Oh man, did this girl have a death wish? And was she drunk? The two guys didn't look happy. They approached her and one of them even raised his hand up like he was going to hit her. But she quickly pushed his hand away, which only made him matter. Man, I didn't want to get involved in this. So I pretended I hadn't seen them and walked off. But then I was just a few steps away. I heard one of the guys scream. And the other guy said, what the gross? I could have just carried on walking, but nope, my curiosity got the better of me. So I turned around and saw that one guy was covered in vomit. Then the girl pointed at me and said, honey, there you are. Then she fainted. Huh? I didn't know her. I was staring at them, looking perplexed. When one of the dudes yelled, why are you still standing there? Quickly take your crazy girlfriend home if you don't want to taste my fist. I was so scared, I hurried over and carried this girl off. I had no idea who she was or where she lived. Um, this was crazy. I placed her down on a nearby bench and looked around for those guys, but luckily they'd gone. I didn't know what to do, so I left her there and walked off. But then I started to feel bad. Was I too heartless? What if something else happened to her? So I went back and gave the girl a piggyback ride back to my house. Jeez, she was so much heavier than she looked. As soon as I dropped her onto the couch, her phone rang, so I answered it. Hello? Then the person on the other end of the line asked, Who are you? Where's my friend? I muttered out my address and was about to tell her to come pick up her friend, but she already hung up. Why was she so rude? I'd almost bust my back carrying her friend to safety. How annoying. This night has been far too dramatic for me, and worse still, I didn't have any Cheetos. I decided to take a shower, then get some sleep. But as soon as I stepped out of the bathroom, the doorbell rang. I presumed it must be the girl's friend, so I answered the door. Then two cops immediately pushed me against the wall and handcuffed me. Before I could fathom what was happening, one of them said kidnap and assault accusations had been made against me, and I was escorted to the station. What? I tried to explain what happened, but they wouldn't listen to me. That night, as I sat in the cold, uninviting cell, I found myself regretting my kindness. I didn't sleep a wink. I just hoped the next morning came quickly, so that I could confront that girl about this false accusation. But before I could do that, the cops released me at dawn. The girl had sobered up and told them it was all just a misunderstanding. Well, luckily, she still remembered a bit, or else ugh, I didn't dare to imagine it anymore. I swore I would never get involved with anyone in need ever again. No good deed goes unpunished, for real. A few days later, when I was watching TV, someone knocked on my door, and you wouldn't believe it. It's the drunk girl. I looked at her suspiciously. What are you doing here? The girl didn't say anything. Instead, she coldly slipped past me and entered my house. Huh? What was she playing at? Then she glared at me and asked me about that night. After I told her everything that happened, she laughed. Okay, I believe you. If I didn't, you'd know about it. She held her fist in front of me. I startled and almost fell off my chair. Then she chuckled. Now I'm hungry. 
Go make your guests some food. What was with this girl? She was so direct and bold. I glanced at her and said no, but she continued. If you don't, I'll go to the cops and change my statement. Then she got up to leave, so I quickly said, okay, okay, fine. Then reluctantly searched my cupboards for food. Ah, trusted spaghetti, how you never fail me. So I prepared Balinese for us. While she was eating, she said, I'm Nora, by the way, the best screenplay writer major in the country. She winked. She thanked me for the food, then left. Phew, that'd be it now, surely. Nope, turns out this was just the beginning. The next morning, she texted me. Come pick me up for college ASAP, else I'm calling the cops. Was she being serious? Then she sent me another message with her address and told me to hurry up. I rushed over there and she got into my car, glared at me, and said, You're late. And that's how I somehow became this Nora girl's servant. Her calls and messages could come at any time. And she would always force me to do things for her straight away. One time I was soaking in the bath when she texted and demanded I bring her some chocolate. Another time she called me at 2 a.m. and told me she was bored, so I had to come over and play some video games with her. I also became her unpaid Uber driver. Every day, from home to school and back. And it's inevitable that I overslept once, so Nora bombarded my phone with tons of texts and calls. I groggily answered, and she used her calling the cops threat again to force me to get there in 15 minutes. What a pain in the neck! Another time, I just stepped out of the house to go and hang out with my friends when Nora showed up and insisted that I had to take her to the cinema. She wouldn't take no for an answer, so I had to cancel on my friends and go watch some bland movie with her. Such a troublesome girl, right? But strangely, as time went by, I started to find Nora less annoying, and instead found myself smiling when she texted me or called. On the days when she didn't bother me, well, my mood seemed to dampen. Was I crazy? I mean, she was cute, very spontaneous, and, well, there was no one else quite like her. But then, all of a sudden, the messages and calls stopped. Did she not want me around anymore? I miss Nora. Many times, I had to stop myself from calling her. I should be happy I was out of Nora's control, right? Then one day, out of the blue, my phone beeped. It was Nora. Come to the Starbucks on Vincent Street. Move it. You have five minutes. Jeez, that bossy tone again. Still, I immediately drove to the address. When I got there, I saw Nora with a guy and a girl. I walked over to them and just sat down. Nora held my arm. Honey, why are you so late? I stared at her in surprise. She smiled and turned to the other two. This is Kai, my boyfriend. What? Did I get it wrong? Did she just say I was her boyfriend? Then she said, Kai, this is my former bestie, Kim, and her boyfriend, Greg, who's also my ex. Awkward, right? But I have you now, so we can all be friends. Reading the situation, I realized I had to go along with it. So I stroked her hair and said, Yes, my honey muffin, anything you want. My cheesy lines seemed to work as they both looked annoyed, then left. So I turned to look at Nora and stammered, Did you just say I'm your boyfriend? Nora said nonchalantly, Yeah, isn't that okay? If you don't like it, forget it. Then she was about to leave. I pulled her hand and said, Yes, of course. Sounds great. So that's how we became an official couple. We went on a few dates and she was her usual demanding self. Not that I'd want her any other way. Then one time, after a month of dating, Nora dragged me to a swan lake in a nearby park. She looked at me for a long time and then said, Kai, I'm studying abroad for a year. I leave tomorrow. I glared at her in surprise and asked why she hadn't told me sooner. She continued, I guess I didn't want to make you sad, and I don't know if your feelings are big enough, so write down your feelings for me and give them to me tomorrow. That night, I carefully wrote down all my thoughts and feelings for her. 
I still had hope that this one year of long-distance love would be over quickly. The next day, I drove her to the airport and handed her my letter. To my surprise, Nora also gave me a letter and told me over and over that I could only read it when I got home. Of course, I obeyed her. Then read it as soon as I passed my door. And whoa, I wasn't expecting this. In it, Nora confessed all this time she was just using me to get revenge on her ex and took advantage of me to get over him. That night we had first met, she found out about him and Kim, but now she regretted how she treated me. At the end of the letter, she wrote, If fate wants us to be together, then we'll meet again one day. What? I was so shocked, so I called to tell her she didn't need to feel guilty and that I forgave her. I kept calling, but it didn't work. I also asked her friends, but no one knew how to reach her. She disappeared from all social media, and just like that, she vanished from my life. I missed Nora so much and found myself hoping that fate would reunite me with her someday. Then one time while I was surfing YouTube, this web drama called My Destiny Is Yours caught my eyes. Curious, I decided to check it out. And I watched wide-eyed as my story with Nora played out in front of me through each episode. This definitely was written by Nora. But how would she end it? It stopped at the part where the girl left and cut off all contact with the guy. An announcement popped up on the screen. The finale was launching at 9pm tonight. I anxiously watched the seconds tick by. During the last episode, the two characters met up at a swan lake. I had a hunch, so without a second delay, I immediately ran to the swan lake in the nearby park. My heart flipped when I saw a girl standing there. It was Nora. Man, I ran so fast and hugged her. She hugged me back, then said, I was a little nervous you wouldn't see the movie. Then she smirked. But it doesn't matter anyway. I could have just texted you, come to the swan lake now, and you would have come, right? Then we both burst out laughing and continued to hug each other. Well, you see, fate brought me and Nora together. And this logic-loving skeptic is now a big believer in destiny. How about you? Have you found your destiny yet? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.